Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Spilling Lemonade Podcast. This is your host, Cammie Nelson, back with another episode. So today I have a very exciting guest with me. We're just going to get right into things. Um, If you haven't seen the last episode, I am back with more regular episodes, and I'm super excited for that. Today we have our first guest returning, and she is Sophia Carter. She is a friend of mine from social media. She is a content creator who makes content based on like recovery and mental health and Honestly, she's just such an inspiration to so many people. And without further ado, I'll let her introduce herself. Hello. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. It's been amazing. I remember the first time we met through social media, like, through social media and it's just, it's so amazing to see, like, where we are now. And I'm very happy to be here and to share my story. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I know everyone is so excited to, like, hear you listen. You're such a great talker and inspiration. So, um, I guess the first question I would have for you is just if you want to share a little bit about yourself, your story, how you got to where you are now. Yeah, for sure. So I've been in content creation for about a year exactly now. And it really, it really kicked off when summer of like 2020 peak COVID was happening. And you know, the, I don't want to say the trends, it sounds so bad to word it that way, but the at-home workout videos were really taking over social media as a whole. And I fell victim to those. And that's when I first realized it became an addiction and it was really unhealthy for me. And then it just kind of spiraled from there. I was a college athlete. I played volleyball for about 11 years of my life and was going to play all five years in college at Western Washington, but only lasted about a year due to my health complications and my body no longer being able to keep up with these like high demands of college sports. And so I finally quit the team in 2021 And that's when I started my page, but no one really knows this. I started my account like two and a half years ago, but it was a personal account with only friends and family. No one really knew about it. And I was posting every single day for like nine months until I finally got some traction on it. And here we are. I wouldn't change it for the world. And I love what I do. And it makes me just so fulfilled and so happy to speak about. I know that story must resonate with so many people. Um, I definitely think it was like, I don't like the word trend as well, but There was definitely like a thing going around. I fell trapped into it too of the at-home workouts and all these like fitness influencers who maybe weren't the most qualified to be giving advice um, all the time and just stuff that was toxic can easily become an addiction. And I also resonate with the part. I also played volleyball and took a break, Um, but I'd love to talk to you separately about that sometime. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. But without further ado, so that's her story now. The topic of today's episode is actually going to be about like body image, self-love, just kind of getting into some tips, strategies that we've learned along the way. So I'll start with one and we'll just kind of go from there. So I think one thing that I learned in like my own self-love body image journey is I like to start each morning with, I know people say like affirmations and I do those as well. But one thing I'd like to add is I feel like stating like daily, weekly, monthly goals every morning can be extremely helpful to like I don't know how to explain this, but I feel like having goals can be extremely important. I don't know if you agree with this, but like having a goal other than changing my body really helped me move my focus away from my body. Yes. Having some external motivators that isn't just circulating around this like one image that you see that isn't always in your control. It's really nice to have like other things to push you to get out of bed other than your body. Yes, exactly. I totally agree with that. Yeah. I think one of my favorite ones that I practiced a lot when I was in recovery and all throughout, even to this day, is I deleted all my old like body checking photos 
And I have sticky notes on my mirror, as you can see behind me, that one of my best friends, shout out Katie Yu, <laughs> she was in town visiting me and it was like a bad body image week and whatever. And she found my sticky notes and wrote down a lot of non-body related reminders. And so it's like, your soul is sunshine. Your smile brings light to the world and nothing like, none of it has anything to do with body or weight or food. And I read them every single time I'm in that mirror. And it makes me think of not only someone I love, but also how to treat my body with a lot more respect. I absolutely love that. And I really like the idea. I know a lot of people like put sticky notes. I really love the idea of having a friend, like someone who matters to do it. Because that's a reminder, sometimes that's not just all about you. You know, it's like getting out of your head how someone you care about sees you. So I feel like that's a really cool nuance to that trick. Um, And I think that's really cool. Like definitely deleting old body image pictures, like body checks was, I agree, like a super important step to moving past, especially if you have to gain weight in recovery. I feel like moving past, like, in quotes, your sick body, like, not reminiscing can be a big thing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I was, it took me a long time to do it. And some of them I didn't even really realize were body checks. And it was just, like, random pictures of myself that I found myself, like, searching out during recovery and, like, trying to, like, make myself feel bad, which is just so mean to myself. And there's so much deep, like, self, I don't want to say self-hatred because that sounds really harsh, but... (laughs) I needed a lot more self-compassion during recovery and those images were not serving me in that way. And so it doesn't matter if there was like other people in them or memories attached to them. It was not serving me. And there was a really bad mindset driving to why I wanted to look at them. And so they just had to go. I totally agree with that. It wasn't, I totally agree with the part that it wasn't just like body checks, just pictures. I love how you said that, that I would seek out in recovery to make myself feel bad. Mm-hmm. I had to go. Um, yeah. And that kind of relates to the next thing I wanted to say about practicing like self-compassion and practicing kindness can be really important like I feel like oftentimes it coincides with like eating disorders body image issues food issues is having not necessarily a great profound love for yourself so I think it was really important for me to practice like not actively trying to seek out more pain so deleting pictures that were going to trigger me or one thing I'll admit that I used to do and I only noticed this summer because I haven't been doing it that I was like, oh my gosh, that was definitely a behavior is if you're on social media during the summer, you're probably going to see like a lot of pictures of girls in bikinis. And I love it. I love like seeing everyone confident. I think it's so girl boss, but it's also so powerful. I'm like, do your thing, girl. Like you look good. You feel good. I want to see it. Yes. And also I know for me, I needed to be able to just see it, see it. Oh, she has a great smile. Oh, and not obsess over it, not zoom in, not make it like about me because it's not about me. Um, so I noticed one thing I that kind of just naturally happened over the course of recovery is like last year I was in one year of recovery and I was still struggling with like spending a little too much time looking at those pictures and, you know, saving them and revisiting them. And as for I noticed like two years in recovery, it's much different. I don't. And I think part of why I got there is I feel a lot more kindness, not just to myself, but to others, like, I want to be kind and respect that these girls don't want me probably to be looking at their body for five minutes. Yeah, no, like, I've never admitted this out loud, but, like, it's, I'm in the same boat as you, like, when I was really, really sick for, like, two or three years, I did the exact same thing. I'd find, like, even YouTube videos of, like, fitness influencers, like, fitness videos that I was watching, but I would just pause the video and be, like, okay, like, how can I get my body to look like that? Like, I need to do this to this and this to this part of my body. And 
spend like minutes just picking it apart, but not even doing the actual video or paying any attention to the actual content of the video and having all my attention on this, like just someone's body. That is something I like, I've also never talked about this because it's like, I feel like there's a lot of shame and guilt in it. But honestly, I'm trying to remove that is that it definitely I think it's a more common thing that because people don't really talk about it. But I definitely think it's more common than you would think is when you're like sick or when you're just in that mindset, not to even care about like the content, not to care about the person, just thinking, looking at and admiring, I guess, is not maybe not the right word, but uh, picking apart the body that mm-hmm. you are so desperately craving. And so I definitely liked um that actually it's my next tip I had written down was like to just try to stop comparing as hard as that sounds like to remove triggers that make you want to compare yourself so for me like one step I did with this is I just wouldn't let myself watch the video as soon as I stopped and paused and noticed I was like zooming in and looking at certain parts of the body and not watching a video then I was like okay you can't watch this video like come back another time if you want but you need to stop or like if I'm scrolling on Instagram and I'm, I'm spending a little too much time on a post. I'm like, okay, just move on. I love that. No, that's like, I don't want to say like the word self-control because that sounds, it has like a really bad connotation in the sense of eating disorders, but that's a really good self-awareness in the sense of like, you can catch your brain doing the habit and you're like, hey, no, we're going to be a little kinder to ourselves in this moment. And if we still feel like we want to come back to it, we're going to wait 30 minutes, an hour, two hours a day and come and return to it when we're in a better headspace absolutely I absolutely agree with that um I love that yeah I was wondering oh Oh, yeah oh you're so good something I did a lot was I had like a lot of these these like big like freestanding mirrors like in all of my like apartments housing dorms and so whenever I noticed myself like getting a little too obsessive I was a little like worse than the other certain days I would pick up these am I allowed to curse on this yeah yeah these heavy ass mirrors and just fully manhandled them in my dorm and fully spin them around and just tuck them away in a corner reflective part is facing the wall so I don't even get the choice to look or like the chance to look at it or like if it was like a bathroom mirror that's mounted to the wall I would get like towels and drape it over it and so I didn't like allow myself to body check if I was feeling really sensitive that day I think that's honestly such a good tool like you I think it's really important to protect your own peace protect your own recovery and sometimes taking that into your own hands I love the fact that you would turn the whole mirror around like that's so girl boss um but I think that's I totally agree with that I think that can be extremely powerful and it's kind of take the power back from the mirror as well like I don't have to look at you like I don't have to look at the mirror exactly like I don't like my worth and like my own recovery is not going to be any better like improved if I spend hours staring at myself in a mirror and I fully like I adore the body neutrality trend but I can't be neutral with my body until I at least accept it and I don't hate it and so I need to like let myself not even look at it before I allow myself to step into the place of neutrality that's something I feel like I've been thinking about a lot recently is I actually feel like part of my trying I'm still in the process like I don't have body neutrality all the time and oftentimes you know it comes and goes sometimes I have it sometimes I don't and I feel like when I'm not in the headspace I have it it's actually really important like part of body neutrality is that I don't really care that much to look at my body so I actually think a big part of getting to body neutrality might be like doing exactly what you're talking about is you know you have to accept it first before you can just be neutral towards it yeah 
and it's not like I was I remember I told this to my like my old therapist when I was like oh oh, yeah I just avoid like my mirrors she's like Sophia like that's avoidance like you don't want to do that you want to confront it and I was like well no 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 like let's back up like I don't feel like I'm avoiding it I feel like I'm protecting myself like there's a difference between purposely like avoiding a big thing rather than like hey I know this is not going to be well for me I'm going to choose to make the decision to turn it around and step away from the trigger I absolutely love that I think there is a big difference and I don't definitely think you know when you're in recovery I think it's just important to protect that so I think definitely I agree with like that's not really avoidance it's it's an active choice you're making and you're acknowledging that you're making that choice and it's yeah I definitely think I agree with that I think another thing that helped with my self-love personally that doesn't really have to do a lot with body image or I guess it ended up coinciding with body image is I noticed once I started to like myself from the inside, I started to like myself from the outside a lot more. So I noticed when I was really focused on my body, I had to do a lot of work in therapy and such to realize that there are some things going on and like deep-seated things I didn't love about myself, about my personality, and address why I thought that way about myself and what was going on to, And also holding on to like things I've done in the past And I had to practice a lot of forgiveness of myself before. And notice the more I forgave myself, the more I grieved what I had lost, the more I really just tried to like the person I was on the inside, practice kindness more, practice compassion more towards others. And I noticed slowly but surely that my body image just naturally got better because I was really confident about who I was as a person. I was wondering if you had any experience with that. First of all, like, thank you for sharing like such a deep, part of that because I remember like I felt the exact same way and I still like still to the same like I would hold some shame with the idea of like yeah like I really just sometimes did not like who I was on the inside and I felt like my worth was only revolving around my body and people would like me if I had a this and this in this body if I like looked a certain way I'd like be liked more and so it took me a lot of time in therapy too and it was a lot of tears a lot of like really tough conversations and I think the hardest thing for me to let go was, I was like, but you said grieving. I was like mourning all of my past lives. And like, I was mourning who I was before I was sick. I was mourning who I was now. And I was like, I don't like who I'm becoming. And I'm really scared that I'm going to keep going down this road. And if I keep going down this road, then I'm going to keep being sick. And I was like spiraling myself in circles, like nonstop. And it was really hard to come to terms to. Like, I always thought of myself as like a very self-sufficient, independent, confident girl. And then I got sick and all of that went down the drain. And so, I, yeah. I was going to say, I relate to that so much as a child. I really liked to put out like this, like, I'm super independent. I'm like super confident. And it happened well before I got sick. But I mean, probably around like eight or nine, I started, you know, it became a facade for a little bit. And I think part of like accepting that, that it's okay to be dependent at times and, you know, to get help and all of that, that not to just put out a facade if it's not really like what you are was really helpful. But I also, and I also wanted to talk about what you had mentioned about the, um, like, I definitely think it's hard work. It's definitely hard work for sure. There was definitely a lot of tears. It's not just something that happens overnight. So I wanted to also respect that space for us and everyone else that while we might just be having one conversation about it, it definitely didn't happen in one day. Oh yeah, like I can, I want to fully acknowledge that like we are having this like beautiful, healthy, in recovery conversation 
but I my two years is next month like I've been doing the heavy lifting and the really hard hard fucking work for two years now and there were times I didn't want to do it it was more times than not I didn't want to do it but I knew for a fact that I would get to this point where I am now and it would be worth it and so if we were just starting recovery it's kind of a long road ahead but I can guarantee you there is a light at the end of the tunnel and there is going to be another side where you feel like you can have these healthy conversations and you feel like you can actually truly love and like respect your body and like it's not like a top priority anymore. I absolutely love that. Yes, I think that's really important is that remembering there is light, like even if you can't see it, there's always going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And then backtracking a little bit because I remembered a thought is we were talking about not liking the person you're becoming. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to add one thing that really helped me with, or kind of go back to that, one thing that really helped me in my own like self-love journey is realizing you have a lot more control over the person you're becoming than you think. You can't change the person you were. The person you were is the person you were. But the person you're becoming, like that's fully in your control for the most part, is, I mean, you can't control what's going to happen to you in life, but you control how you react to it. And that really makes up like who you are as a person. And so when I realized I was becoming someone who I saw who I wouldn't want to be friends with. I was, you know, my eating disorder was making me into someone I didn't love. And so I realized to become the person I wanted to become, I had to choose self-love. I had to be more confident. I had to love myself. I had to choose recovery. So I just wanted to acknowledge that for a minute. I really liked what you had said about that. No, yeah, for sure. Like, because I was in denial that I was someone that I didn't like who I was becoming. And then I finally realized that like, you know how everyone says that eating disorders are really isolating. And it's not because, like, it is because, like, it is an isolating disorder and you feel alone in it. But I also, like, pulled myself away because I didn't like who I was. And I felt guilty being around the people I love because I didn't like how I was acting and how I was treating them. Because my brain was so sickly wired that I purposely isolated myself, which only made me worse. I absolutely relate to that. I think when you don't like yourself, it's hard to be around people who you like. Because you don't, if you don't like yourself, you wouldn't want the people you like to be around yourself like it's a weird cycle Mm -hmm. and I think it can definitely lead to isolation and then I also think there's a factor of like just not thinking you like for me at least I didn't think I deserved to be around these great people because I didn't see myself as another great person yeah I felt like such the word that always comes to mind is burden like such a heavy burden to put on like especially my family who was like bending over backwards for me and they're like oh like we can drive up to your school like we'll come like hang out with you for a night like this this and this like amazing my rocks like to this day like my favorite people and I was like I don't want to put my heaviest traumas onto you when you have all the other stuff going on in your life like again the independence is like I need to do this for myself I need to do this alone I can't ask for help when the help was all I really needed and I just couldn't accept it because I was so like mean to myself that I was like no like you did this to yourself you have to get your way back out of the hole that I totally relate to that not accepting help and like reaching out for help can be honestly one of the hardest parts because it's just kind of accepting that I don't know how to ex- it's just you're not a burden you're not a burden like the people who love you are absolutely they're there for the hard times and the good times like they're are the good times and the hard times they're not just there when you're happy they're also going to be there when you're not and I think learning that I could show up as like authentically I was feeling like if I was feeling like absolute shit I can show up and feel like absolute shit around the people I love and I think learning that that I didn't have to like fake it helped my isolation a lot 
Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I love that so much because like, there's like, that reminds me, there's a quote my therapist gave me that like, I swear, I just stared at her wall for like 10 minutes afterwards. I was like, you did not just heal like the deepest parts of me with a few words. And it was, Sophia, when you think about it, like when your friend's having a hard day, you want to like jump on action and you want to take care of them and you want to do everything in your power to make this person feel so loved because you love them. And I was like, yeah, for sure. Like I want to take care of them. I want to do these things for them because like I adore them with every ounce of my being. And she's like, flip the script, babe. They want to do that for you. I love that so much. That's exactly true. It kind of falls in line with the whole like, you know, you 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 wouldn't treat your friend the way you're treating yourself. And I love that. I absolutely love the, they want to be there for you just as much as you want to be there for them. Yeah. Like, it's like, they don't only want to be your friend when you're healthy and like when you're like, you're at your best. Exactly. I I absolutely love that so much. And that kind of goes along with one more thing I wanted to touch on about that I had written down anyways about self-love is I think a good part of surrounding uh, self-love is surrounding yourself with people who you like their outlook on themselves in life. So Surrounding yourself with people who, like for me at least, when I surrounded myself with people who made me feel good about myself, that was really helpful. And I noticed those people generally were people who were either A, really kind, or B, had a really good positive outlook on themselves, like who are already confident themselves, but also people who made me feel good about life. So people who kind of changed my perspective on like, I was so narrowed in on like three things, like food, body image, eating disorder. And when I expanded my horizons, when I was with people who had much bigger visions than that, I feel like that really helped myself love. Yeah, I really love that because like just having like good energy and like really good people around you are just a game changer. Like I felt so isolated when I was sick. And then like when I finally started stepping into the recovery zone and like allowing myself to let people in my life and allowing them to see these like wounded parts of me and they were like accepting it with like sunshine and like love and they're like oh my gosh no like I see you I hear you let's go outside and talk about it like let's go like I want to hear what you have to say like let me like take some of the weight off your shoulders absolutely that's that's so positive I love hearing that that's so great um and then kind of a question I had for you or something I wanted to bring up I guess not a question I guess but (laughs) is I think one thing I wrote down is following people on social media can make a big difference either way so like I noticed I used to follow people who didn't really make me feel all that great about myself but and so I had a notion for a while that social media was like all bad and I learned over time there's actually a lot of really positive people and different things work for different people so I always say like even I have a very small account but I always say like not everyone is gonna like what I'm posting so don't don't follow me if it's not helpful but maybe it is helpful and so one thing I would notice is I always have found your account to be like so helpful. So I wanted to talk a minute just to take like to acknowledge that you have a very positive space for so many people. And one thing in particular that I've loved that you do. And once again, like I'm not saying, you know, maybe it's not helpful for everyone, but it's definitely helpful for me is I love the reality checks. Like you're so <laughs> honest on your stories about your mood, but also I love like the posed versus unposed, like the realism, because I think a lot of social media is only showing posed, only showing the facade, only showing the 1%. And I think you show the 100%, the 99%, the all the time. And I think following people like Sophia, if that's something, you know, if social media is an option for you, if it's something that's healthy for you, can be like incredible. 
So I also wanted to ask you, I guess, how that feels on your end, like being one of the people who's like making social media a better place. Well, first of all, like, thank you. Like you can see my, it's, you can't see the the video of this. It's just an audio for the people listening, but like, I have like tears welling in my eyes hearing that. Like that makes me feel like all of the hard and heavy lifting has been worth it over these last two years, because like that was something that was so huge for me when I was sick. Like I hated social media, but like at the same time I had this sick twisted love with it because it made me sicker. And the only thing I wanted to do was to be sicker. And so that was literally the only reason I started my account was if I can help a single person not go down that hellhole that I did, like I, I can die happy. Like that is the only goal I have in my life. And just to hear that, like firsthand, like that it helps and like having this platform that I've been so incredibly lucky to have and like curate and I have the best community behind me. And it's, I get like chills talking about it every single time. And I get so like filled with love and emotion because I have a whole folder in my photos of thousands of screenshots and messages that I received since I started this platform. And like, I was a coach last summer and I gave a speech and I have like 200 handwritten notes from high school girls about like how I helped them. And like, I still, I can't believe that like I became the person that saved myself. And that's just like really, really cool to me. That's so, that's honestly like, no, I'm going to cry. Like that's so wholesome to hear and I'm so I'm so happy for you honestly and I really do appreciate the work you and I mean obviously Sophia's not the only one like there's other people also doing it but people who are making social media a better place I think finding them seeking them out following them can be I think it can really be helpful in changing your experience on social media and I just one last thank you for how many people you're changing their social media experience for um thank you yeah um okay honestly that was it for the tips I had written down so I was curious if you had any more like off the top of your head I think uh, so there's one quote and one tip I don't know if you've seen it there's you know, you know the the TikTok trend where it's just like heart gut-wrenching quotes on a really depressing slideshow yes it was on one of those okay quote like the desire to be like there's no such thing as sick enough because the desire to be sicker is indicative that you are already sick a healthy person does not wish to be ill oh my gosh I love that one so much oh stab to the heart I felt like I found that quote when I was sick and I was like what do you mean a healthy person doesn't want to be sick and it's like like this huge like wake-up call I was like holy like I am sick like I don't need to be sick enough like the fact that I am so aware that I want to be sicker means that I'm already sick and I deserve to get better absolutely I love that so much I think acknowledging whatever symptom you're showing including the desire to be sick acknowledging that you're sick and even if you don't feel like you're you're sick enough like for sure to get better you're a hundred percent the minute you have one thought you're sick enough to get better yes and so I love that quote so much yeah, I just had to share it because like I remember how I felt when I first read it and I was like, I where's this been all my life? Absolutely. I think ugh, I absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. Um and kind of before we wrap up the episode, I wanted to ask, just give you the floor to say anything else that I don't know if that was like your last thing, but just anything else that you really want people to take away and know. Yeah. I think so like one final little tip that like I've really really curated over my life was when I was in my really sick mindset and very body image focused I would only compliment the people I loved based off 
their bodies and their appearances. And because like, that's like what I wanted to hear about myself because like my brain wanted to hear these reinforcements of like, oh, like you look good. Like, and so when I finally stopped giving out those types of compliments, like, oh my gosh, like your body looks so, like, no, I don't like those body focused, appearance focused. Like, yes, like my friends are beautiful rays of sunshine and I adore them to the end of the earth. But I want them to know that like your energy lights up a room. Like the way like you smile can like make anyone smile. Like, yeah, I think you're really funny. I think you are incredibly intelligent. I think you're really well-spoken. Finding compliments that don't have like anything to do with their appearance also took all the pressure off of my appearance as well. I love that so much. Oh my gosh. And then one thing I kind of wanted to say, I don't always give a closing thing, but I just, I hope if you take away something from this video, it's something I was just realizing. Every tip we talked about, it's, it's in your power. You're not powerless in the pursuit of self-love. It's not out of your control. It's not something you can't achieve. That there are very measurable, smart goals, steps you can take to start to grow your body image and self-love. And yeah. I hope something we said inspires that in something. Um, but before I end, I did want to say one last final thank you to my friend Sophia, who is just, you were such an amazing like guest. You well-spoken and stuff. So thank you. To you. Thank you so much for having me. Like it was truly so amazing to sit down and have this like really well-needed conversation with you. And hopefully I can come back sooner absolutely have another Ab fun conversation <laughs> oh my gosh absolutely you will 100% be back if you want to and yeah so I appreciate you guys all for listening I really hope today helped you grow yourself and work on yourself whatever term you like and I hope to see you at the next episode bye